Um, man, it's good to be back. Uh, I've been in and out. You guys have seen me in and out, but uh, I haven't been preaching in several weeks. Thank you to uh, to Ben, to uh, uh, Locks, to Penny uh, for all uh, you know, covering and, and preaching, giving us a break. Uh, when uh, and <laughs> talk about God's timing, the week that the day that we had the baby uh, was a day that I was supposed to. Uh, originally was going to preach, and then uh, we had a church planter, uh, you know, that uh, we're supporting. That uh, uh, it was the only it was the only week when he was coming through, and they're of course planting their church in Boston. And so uh, when when uh, he was able to teach was that weekend. So we just went ahead and took it, knowing that I would probably be out the next week or whatever. But anyway, it was a good thing that we that we uh, did that, and it worked out that way. Um, because while you guys were here, we were we were having a baby, and it was great. Um, I have pictures. Uh, because I knew somebody would be mad at me if I didn't. So uh, there's uh, this is uh, this is Daisy Jane, and uh, she is uh, sweet as could be. Well, that one didn't come out so good, did it? But uh, yeah, you can see a little more right there. But uh, she's she's pretty sweet. She's uh, she's squeaky. Uh, she squeaks a lot, and uh, you know, and uh, yeah. So she she and Mama spend a lot of time together these days, and uh, we're very grateful. Uh, for her, and uh, you can keep praying for her and Mama that uh, uh, she'll eat well and all that good stuff, and uh, that's what uh, they're spending a lot of their time doing these days. But uh, uh, it's uh, it's it's definitely been uh, a needed break during all of that, and some of that's still going on. But uh, uh, glad we were able to do that. Uh, on top of all that going on, there's man, there's been a ton of stuff going on in the life of our church. Uh, we have I have I have spent all week in meetings. Um, and, and I don't, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm very fortunate. I have a lot of pastor friends who, who their life is meetings and, you know, they're not kind of thing. And, and that's not really my life so much as the meeting thing. But, uh, uh, usually when there's meetings in my life, either something's going wrong or something's going really right. And, uh, and I'm thankful to say that it's, uh, it's going really right. Uh, uh, the Lord's just moving and doing some awesome things and we're pressing forward. We had a member meet and eat, uh, last Sunday after church. Uh, voted our new budget in um, uh, unanimously, uh, and uh, to push forward uh, and even being pushing forward toward um, uh, building an addition uh, onto our facility down here on this end, if you didn't know that, uh, so that we can pick up more kids' space and some offices, uh, and the kids' space will also do- double as a Mother's Day out. Uh, we will have a Mother's Day out here in Pleasant View uh, once that happens. Uh, we're very excited about that, and, and, and it is, it's just opening up all kinds of things. But this week we're, uh, was meetings with all kinds of folks. Folks we've been meeting with architects, builders, and uh, this week was uh, banks and accountants and uh, all, all this other fantastic stuff. Um, and uh, just just to be honest with you, I, like going into the week last week, I was kind of like, oh, like I don't want to do, I don't want to meet all these people and do all these meeting stuff, but. Uh, coming out of that and, and during that, what happened is just getting to share with these people who don't have a clue of what's going on here, about what's going on here, it just is just very exciting. And, and it just excited me all that much more, to be honest with you. Uh, and I just, I just walked away. I walked away 
very encouraged. I was probably most encouraged uh, walking away from uh, the, uh, we had, I had one of our meetings with a guy that's going to be helping with fundraising, uh, who's a close pastor friend of mine, uh, and then also uh, the, the bank, believe it or not, just, just sitting down and getting to tell this guy who, you know, he's, he's stationed out in Kingston Springs or something, and, and he just doesn't know, and to get to share with him what God is doing here and why there are these needs and why we're pressing forward for this stuff, and it was just like, yeah. Yeah, that's that is why. Like, how amazing! How amazing is it that God's doing this stuff right now? So, um, uh, and 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 let me just say, thank you to you, thank you to the folks that make up Twenty Four. It is your faithfulness in giving. It is your faithfulness in serving. It is your faithfulness in loving others. Most importantly, it is your faithfulness in trying to get God the glory uh, for all the things that He is doing. Uh, that we are there and that we are here. And so uh, just just exciting, exciting stuff. So anyway, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and move in. In fact, if you've got a Bible, let's go ahead and, and get, get a Bible out. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, our ushers have Bibles, and they will gladly uh, bring you one. Just throw your hand up and let them get you one. If you don't own one, we want you to have one. You can keep it. Uh, consider it a gift. Uh, but today we're going to the book of John, uh, as in one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John in the New Testament. And so uh, we're going to John, and we're going to chapter 1, uh, because today we are starting our Christmas series, uh, which is called Starlight. And um, throughout the next several weeks, we are going to be talking about how we see uh, light uh, and especially the light from the star uh, in the weeks to come uh, as a part of the Christmas story and where we see uh, it playing out and what's happening underneath that light, uh, but also this week, uh, what is the light. And so, um, you know, one of the things that, uh, that we, uh, if, if we're honest with each other, and, and, and this is, I guess it could be kind of a pun, uh, with what I'm talking about here, but uh, is that we we want people to tell us the truth. I mean, now sometimes sometimes we like to be lied to. I mean, let's just face it. I have this I have this on running uh, joke with my wife uh, that you know sometimes that she'll lie to be nice. It's usually like some little thing or something, you know. And and you know and and she doesn't really do it, but I like to I like to pretend that she does and and say uh, you lie to be nice or you know whatever. And so. Uh, she'll get a kick out of that as she's watching at home right now. Uh, but, uh, you know, th- the truth is, is that we want people to be honest with us. And for the most part, I mean, even sometimes when, when it hurts to hear it, that's what, that's what we hope for. That's what we wish for. And, and, the, and, and, and when we see and when we're in situations when we're not, it's hurtful, Right? And, you know, I think one of the interesting things about Christ in his coming to the world as a baby boy and all of this stuff is, is and we'll see this in, in, in John 1 today, is that uh, he comes and we, and we know that he is light, he is the light into the world, uh, you know, step down, you know, into the darkness and all those things. And, and we've, got this, we've got this idea, you know, that you know, yes, he brought light to the world, but the truth is, is that he is the light for the world. And that's a, that's a, that's a big thing to like grab onto. I mean, honestly, that's like, that's a huge thing for us to grab onto today. For us to recognize that he is the light, not just a light. 
You know, like, like there, there's, there's, you know, if, if I told you, if you're a sports, sports fan, if I told you that your team had a way of winning the game and, and there was, there was a way that was going to win every time. I mean, you'd go to the, you'd go to, you'd go to that every time you'd play the same play every time. I mean, you, you do it over and over and over because we want to win, right? The thing is, is that with us in life, in the way we approach everything that we do, a lot of times we end up looking for other things to be our light. And the truth is that Jesus is not just the light of the world and the light for the world, but he is also the light of truth. And so that's what I want to talk about today. Uh, and, and in fact, uh, this passage, John 1, uh, let's just go ahead and read this. John 1, and, and, and by the way, <clears throat> I feel like this is one of those passages that I could honestly, and I thought about doing this, I thought about like preaching this passage over and over several weeks in a row and just like pulling out all of the stuff and, and don't have really time to do that, but, but we're going to look at it today and we're going to look at some aspects of it today. There is no way that we can like fully come on with what really John 1 is completely about, but we're going to look at some aspects of it and, uh, and I hope that God's glorified in it. John 1 uh, verse 1 says this, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. I mean, th- th- this, this verse alone like deserves, you know, a whole, you know, a whole library of books. I mean, you know, th- this, this is one of those verses in scripture that you can take it and you can start to unwrap it and you will unwrap it from here to kingdom come. I mean, there's so much going on in this verse. In the beginning was the word, capitalized word, and the word was with God and the word was God. This isn't just talking about a word. This isn't just talking about words on pages here. This is talking about the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. Now this is, John, John unpacks for us in this passage of scripture this morning. He unpacks for us some amazing stuff. In fact, I'll just go ahead and let one of the cats out of the bag. And that is that John spends <clears throat> some time in chapter one of, of, of his gospel here showing us bits and pieces and, and really kind of a full picture if you really if you really get it all out and we're going to see several pieces of that here in just a minute uh, of what we know as the meta narrative of scripture the story of God like the whole story of God I'm talking about like the creation the fall uh, you know God's people struggling, uh, the the redemption, Christ coming, uh, all of these things. We We see all of these things coming through this chapter of Scripture. And John, in this passage, is sharing something that is like earth shattering to the people of God who before this had never heard this. In the beginning was was uh was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So the word was with God, one, but the word was God, two. Okay, that seems like two completely different statements, right? Well, it is. It is two completely different statements, but it's still talking about the same person. It's like, well, wait a minute, Chris. You said the word was with God, but the word was God? Like, how, how in the world does that happen? This is John beginning to unravel for us the mystery that we know as the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now he doesn't. He doesn't. You know, he's he's not interested in like fleshing all that out right now. But I mean, that's that's where this is going. 
and we, and we begin to have an understanding with this one verse, the beginning of seeing God the Father and God the Son together. Not only that, but we see that in the beginning was the Word, the Word being the Son, and there's a lot of reasons why we know that, and we'll get into some of that here in a little while. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So in the beginning, Christ existed. In the beginning was the Son. The Son was there. And the Son, as, as we will see, let's go ahead and go to, to verse 2, says, He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him not anything made that uh, not any not anything made was that was made. So so in the beginning, not only did Christ exist, but he is the one who created all things. And it's saying that not anything was made without him. He made all things. Verse 4, it goes on, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light of men. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I mean, there's so much. There's so much. There's so much. I mean, and it's so good for us. And it's so simple for us. But yet the truth is, is that if we're just real honest with ourselves, we're not spending a whole lot of time thinking about this on a day-to-day basis. We're, we're, we're so caught up in everything going on. It's just life. I mean, we all get there. But man, how refreshing <coughs> for us to be reminded this morning that, that God... The Father was there, and then the Son was there. The Son, the Word, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, verse 3, and without him not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Jesus came, born of a virgin. We'll get to talk about that in the weeks to come. Jesus came in this humble beginning, the king that everybody, that so many people were expecting that didn't come the way that they thought this king would come. He came the way that God wanted him to come. He came in this way that nobody was expecting. I mean, that's, that's the way God works, right? I mean, let's just, let's just face it. Like When we've seen God work in our lives, it's in ways that we weren't expecting. I mean, you know, I, I, anything that I can think of in my life where God has really just shown up and shown out has been in ways that just floor me. And I'm just like, wow. I mean, even this morning, I've, I've just, I, there have been a couple things that have happened. I'm just like, that's a God thing. I mean, like, without a doubt, like, like God's working in that, like, and I, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous how good he is. And it says, all things were made through him, and without him, not anything was made that was made. He created all things. Jesus is the creator of the world. Jesus literally spoke everything into existence. It was Jesus. And, and I think, you know, for a lot of people, they think, oh, Jesus showed up. In Bethlehem, that's when Jesus came on the scene. 
Like Jesus was just like, you know, hanging around. What, you know, what was Jesus doing before? You know, big question. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus, what did Jesus do before the manger? That's the question today. Like, what was Jesus doing in the beginning? Well, we know what he was doing in the beginning. He was making everything. And in verse 4, it says, and in him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light of men. The light of men. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And, And you know what? I think for so many of us, I think for so many of us, if we're not careful, we will let this world take our light. We, we will let the circumstances of this life be our life. And, and that's, not, that's not why Jesus came. Jesus didn't come for us to be slaves to this world. Jesus didn't come for us to, Jesus didn't come for us to, you know, just constantly get kicked in the gut by life here. He came that he would be life and that that life would be the light of men. The light of men. We're going back to that light thing. So if we have an understanding that Jesus not only is a light in the world, but that he is the light in the world, I mean, that's like completely different. I mean, you remember when we used to have like just old regular flashlights? Remember those days? You know? You had like the, the mag light that was like this, you know, this long, and it took like, you know, 15D batteries. You remember that? You know? And now we, you know, I've got a couple of these things in the car. I'm going to bring one of them in. You know, I've got these little LED flashlights, just little video things, you know, I keep with me to, you know, see in the dark, you know? And, and <laughs> didn't see that one coming, did you? Caught you. And, uh, but yeah, you know, and, and it's like, you know, they may, you know, buy a couple of those things for like 15 bucks or something now. You know, I've got, I've got those things everywhere because I've got seven kids. And all of my kids think that they need a flashlight at every moment of the day. And I'm just finding them like laying around the house on and stuff, you know. Jesus is an A-light in the world. He's the light. He's the light. And I go into a dark place. I don't want old school 15D battery mag light flashlight. I want bright, bright, lets me see, easy to carry, you know? Jesus is the light that shows us the way. I mean, it's so simple that it'll run all over us when we hear it. It's so simple that we'll just be like, oh, God, man. Like, I know that, but I forget that. And not only do we forget it, but again, we let this world steal it from us. We let it. It's, it's, you know, it's not God saying, you know, oh, I'm going to play a trick on you. No, it's, it's the light doesn't change. Jesus doesn't change. God doesn't change. We change. You know, we're sinners. We're fallen. We, we struggle. You know, we have... We, we have those moments, but the truth is, is that the light never changes. And that in him was life, not just light, but life. And the life was the light of men. You see that? 
Like the light that he is to this world is not just the light of the world. It is the light that brings life. That's so good for us today. We just don't even know how good it is. We don't even know how good it is that if if we could just feast off of who Christ is and what he's done and the life that he has come to bring us in being the light to us, the light to the world. And in verse 5, it just says plainly, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. I'll read that again. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness does not win. You get that, right? Like in, in any time, you th- think about it. Think about it. I mean, I mean, when, when does light ever lose? You know? Well, when you're, you know, one of those 15D batteries goes bad, it loses, right? You know? In that situation, it loses. Yeah, that's not the light's fault. That's the fault of the battery. You know, for us this morning to be reminded that light always, always overcomes the darkness. The darkness never prevails against light. If we had this, if we had every light off in this room right now, and I turned the light on on my phone, and we and we we sat here, whatever I mean, you would see in this room there'd be a bunch of darkness, but in there you would see that light. There'd be no way for you to not see that light. Jesus is not only the light of the world, but it in of itself has the life that we so desperately need. We desperately need it. And he, and he comes to give it to us. This is beautiful. I mean, it is a gift. He's come to do this for us. I want to keep going. Verse 6. I'm telling you, again, there's so much to so much of this. Like I, we, could, we could stay on one of those verses for hours. Verse 6 it says this. A little changing of gears here. It says, uh, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And he came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. And verse 8, he was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. So we've got, we've got in the middle of this, we've kind of, we've got John. He's doing, you know, he's doing some historical for us right here. And he's helping us to see that John the Baptist is coming. And of course, you've got to remember timing-wise, you know, this is all just happening you know, and that kind of thing too. So he's trying to educate the people of who John the Baptist was. By the time this was being written down, John the Baptist most likely, uh, well, probably without a doubt, he was probably dead. He'd already been killed. He'd been, as a, as a martyr, you know, killed for, killed for telling people about Jesus and so on and so forth. But, but basically, John is, this John is telling about the other John, and he's saying that John came as kind of a forerunner. He came to kind of get people ready you know, he's kind of like the hype man. You remember Flavor Flav, right? The ultimate hype man from Public Enemy, okay? Sorry, not a lot of Public Enemy fans in here. He wore a clock, right? You remember this guy, right? He had a show. He had shows on his own, like he's a ridiculous person. Hype man, you know, he just, but he's a hype man. He's just, you know, working the crowd, getting everybody ready for what was really coming. That's John the Baptist without the clock. John the Baptist was sent 
by God to bear witness about the light. But he's very clear, he was not the light. He came to bear witness about the light. He wanted people to understand that all who would believe in Jesus would find the light. I mean, that's it, right? You get stuck in some cave system. I hear people tell me that, you know, there's all these caves down underneath, you know, Pleasant View and stuff, and all these cave systems and stuff. You know, maybe some of you have have spent some time in those. But, uh, you know, if, you know, I, I'm not, that's not really my thing. I'm not waking up in the morning going, man, I'd like to just go find myself, get lost in a cave somewhere today. No, I'm good. I like it up here where there's good air and I know where I'm going and I can see, you know, but if you got lost in a cave, I can tell you this, the one thing that you're going to be looking for eventually is the light. We got to have the light. And the light is what shows us our way through and out. And for us to understand what John understood, which was so important to him that it was literally his calling of his life, that he understood that for him to glorify God with his life was to make sure that people understood that Jesus was the light and he was the one to help get us through and out. Verse 9. And here you go, right here. It says, the true light, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. So, so now, now we don't just have Jesus as the light, but we have him as the true light. And, and, and this is where doctrinally I, I will make the argument that this is why we know that Jesus is not just a light in the world, he is the light for the world. He is the true light. I mean, you just think, think, about, think about that statement for just a minute. I mean, just think about, think about anything, think about anything that you, that you want to know about. Let's say you're asking a question about something, and somebody's going to answer to you, and, and, they, and if they were to ask you this, you know, in response to your question, well, I want to know about this, you know, and they said to you, what, do you want the true answer or do you want me to make one up? I mean, what kind of question is that? That's a dumb question to a question. Like, well, tell me the truth. I want to know what the true answer is to my question. Or why would I ask, you know, why would I ask a, a question that I want a, want a false answer to? That doesn't make any sense. Jesus being the true light is helping us to understand that he is the real thing. There's plenty of other things in this world that we can grab onto, that we can try to lay an anchor in, that we can tie ourselves up to. You know, and, and at the end of the day, I want to go with the real thing. The true light, which gives light, verse 9, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. This is on the heels of talking about John the Baptist, talking about the coming, you know, this coming person, talking about Jesus coming and all this, you know, it's all part of, you know, part of this plan that God had, that he would send his son, God the Father would send his son to do all this. And it says, and I think this is important to look at, verse nine, and keep it up here or whatever if you want to. And it says, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. The true light which enlightens everyone. I have no idea why there's differences sometimes in this, because uh, the version should be the same. Uh, but was coming into the world, enlightens everyone, gives light 
to everyone. Everyone. So there's a lot of people, you know, make these, you have these, you know, arguments and, and just questions, sometimes just great questions that are great for us to ask even. And, and things like, you know, well, what about, what about God? If God is love, then why would, why would he send anybody to hell? Why would there be, why would there be suffering? You know, all, all these different things. And, and I think it's important for us to understand that God made a way and has made a way that everyone, everyone could receive the light. It says the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And, and I think the biggest question, I don't care who you are, the biggest question for any person, including myself, in here listening to this online, whatever it is, today is this question, and that is, have I believed? Have I believed in the light that I have received? Do I believe in what Christ has done? Do I believe in who Jesus is? John was so concerned about it. I mean, that John, the apostle, is later talking about that he was there to bear witness to the light that all might believe through him about that light, about who Jesus is, that their life might be changed. And, and here's, here's the struggle in the South. Here's, and, and maybe not even just the South. You know, I, I say that from time to time. But, but here, here's a struggle that I think for a lot of people they struggle with is that they're still piggybacking on the faith of somebody else. Your parents went to church or your grandfather was a preacher or you, whatever, you know, or you, 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 know, you got moved by somebody you saw speaking on TV or you know, whatever. And, and, and so somewhere in there, you, you're like, you're hanging your hat on somebody else's faith. And let me just tell you, at some point along the way in the journey, the Holy Spirit speaks to our heart, shows us the light, shows us who Jesus is, shows us what he's done. And that, he, that God the Father loved us so much that he would send his only son to die for us, that he would take the death that our sin deserves, that we might be saved and forgiven of our sin. And that we might find freedom in the light that we might find the way. And if, and if you're not there, then I'm going to guess, and I'll just throw this out there, I'm not trying to stereotype or anything else, but I'm going to guess that if you're not there, if you've not believed in Christ to be your Savior, if you've not trusted in that, then you probably find yourself kind of wandering through life, trying to attach happiness and whatever the way of life is going to be for you to things of this world. And it, and it might be a job, it might be people, it might be, I, I don't know, being you know, happy with owning this or that or having this or that or whatever it is. And I'm here to tell you that all those things will leave you empty. Because, again, Jesus is the light. He's not a light. He's the light. He's the way. He's the truth. He is the life. We've already, we've already seen in verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And then now we're here in verse 9, and it says, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. So right there, we've got two of the three things that we see Jesus refer to himself as the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, is what Jesus says. 
He's like, I'm the way. And I'm, and, and I'm, and I'm giving you that light right now, and I, and I want you to come to me. What's that, what's that even look like? Verse 10, let's keep going and we'll see. It says, he was in the world, and the world was made through him. And we've already covered that. We've talked about that. Yet the world did not know him. So this is this understanding that like the people of God, like still at this point, had no understanding or idea of the Son of God. But yet Jesus had created the world at this point. You know, he created all things. But then they didn't. says he came to his own. In verse 11, he came to his own and, to his, and his own people did not receive him. So this is talking about Jesus actually coming physically. John's kind of skipping ahead here. This is a little bit of skipping ahead on the Christmas story, right? Uh, that Jesus as a man would come and his own people wouldn't receive him. They wouldn't believe him. And we've talked a ton about that in, in days past, about they were looking for a king. They were looking for somebody different. They were looking for somebody to change the political climate. They wanted somebody to come be their hero and rescue them and make them the greatest people on earth that they might be rich and have all the things and eat all the food and all those things. And that's not who Jesus came to be. They misinterpreted this understanding that had come down all through the Old Testament, all through the, through the history of the world that had been told and told and told again that the king was coming. And yes, the king was coming, but it wasn't the king that they thought. And when we celebrate Christmas and we celebrate a manger, we're celebrating something that was completely unexpected. Because they, they, they weren't looking for mangers and stars and all this stuff. They were looking for wealth. They were looking for prosperity. They were looking for someone to come and rule with an iron fist. That's what they wanted in a king. That's what they had been hoping for. That's what their moms and dads had taught them for decades and centuries and generations of people that one day God's coming and he's going to come and the Messiah's going to come and he's going to change everything, but it's going to make things great for us. And that's what they cared about. They cared about themselves. They care about God's glory care about the light of the world. That's not what they were looking for. They didn't even know. They didn't understand. And that's not their fault that they didn't understand. They've been taught all this other stuff for so long. So when Jesus came, they did not receive him. They were like, you are not the one we were waiting for. We were waiting for the guy who was going to give us some new land and lots of awesome hot chicken. Maybe not but thank you for the amen. Verse 12, check this out. It says this, it says, but to all who did receive him, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. He gave them the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Folks, that's adoption. That's adoption. God was the original adoption agency. We got a couple families in our church right now that are praying through and seeking the Lord on on adopting. It, It is awesome. It is awesome to see that. I love seeing that. Love hearing these stories. It's fantastic. We've tried a couple times and we just kept having kids. Literally. Literally. Yeah. Thank you. 
You don't want me to answer that right now. We're on the live stream. So, <laughs> but it is amazing to see that God loved us so much. You th- think about this. Think about if you've got a kid, if you've got a loved one that you could just think about for a half second that you wouldn't want to give up for anything, even if you're not a parent. If you're a parent, you have this wild understanding of how how unbelievable this really is. But as a parent, to think about giving up a child, but even for somebody that's not a parent, think about giving up a loved one for other people to come be a part of the family. And not just any other people. Let's face it. As Scripture teaches us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So not only did God give up his son, his one and only son, to die for us on a cross, but he did so for a group of lousy sinners who have consistently proven that we will turn our backs on him and sin against him, but you know what? He still loves us. That's apparent. That's apparent. If you're a parent, you understand what I mean by that. And some of you really understand what I mean by that. Like, like you got some kids that maybe just really have tried your luck. And maybe in some, some situations, you're really struggling even with what that even looks like right now in your life. That's understandable. Because kids do what they do. They grow up and they make terrible decisions. And sometimes they turn their back on you, won't have anything to do with you or whatever it is. And, and, but, you're, but you're still over here going, well, you know what? Still love them. Still love them. And God loves us like that and even more. He loved us even more to the point that he said, you know what? I'll send my son to die for you. He understood that our sin deserved death. And he said, you know what? I'll send my son to take that death in your place. He can stand before the judge. He can say, I'll take your penalty. And you know what? All we have to do is believe. I'll go back to verse 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood and not of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man, but of God. Not, not, on, our, not on our part. You see that? Not on the will of the flesh nor the will of man. <clears throat> not on their desire, not on their control, their, not on their will. Not on our will are we saved. We don't wake up one day and go, I'm going to be saved. It's because of what Christ has done. It's because of what the Father has done to send Christ to die for us. It's not done by us. The work is done by him. He is the one who saves. And he is the one who continues to love us despite that we are still rotten sinners some days, right? Praise God for that. And here's the reminder of even more of that. Verse 14, we got, we got to read this. This is amazing. And it says, and the word became flesh. So if you, if you doubted before now that verse 1 was talking about Jesus with all that word talk, verse 1, 2, 3, right through there. Verse 14 knocks it out of the park and says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. So again, if you had any doubts that this was Jesus that we were talking about in the beginning, it gets pretty specific here. 
uh, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. It means pretty much this is Jesus, okay? There's no doubt in it. This is Jesus. He's been talking about Jesus the whole time. And he says that Jesus came with grace and truth. Why? Why? Why, why, do you have, why do you come with truth? Because he's the light. He's the light of truth. He is the way. He is the real deal. He is the way in a dark world. He is the truth in a web of lies. He is the life in a place that we live in that is full of destruction. He is true knowledge that cuts to the core of what God wants for us. That's who Jesus is. And so he came with grace because we're sinners, and boy, do we need it. (laughs) And truth to show us the way, the truth, and the life. Because he doesn't want us wandering through caves the rest of our life, not being able to figure out how to find our way or how to get out. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 15 says, John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. How about John the Baptist here? This is John the Apostle talking about John the Baptist, talking about Jesus, who's saying that he who comes after me ranks before me. This is kind of crazy, because he was before me. So he's like, he's coming after me, but the truth is, is he was before me. You see what he did there. And in verse 16, it says, For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. We have received grace upon grace. That is the greatest news that we will ever hear in our lives. Because I don't know about you, but like just when I think that I have whipped something in my life, just when I think, man, I have overcome that sin, I've, you know, I'm finally, you know, finally doing better with this, and then like, bam, smack dab, fall flat on my face. Fall flat on my face. So for me to hear... Verse 16, for from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace is this reminder that the grace keeps going. He keeps giving it. He keeps giving us grace. He keeps loving us. He's not kicking us out of the family. We can't disown him. We can't get rid of him. When we are in the family, we are in the family of God. Praise God for that. And in verse 17, it says, For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. We know about the law. We know about the Ten Commandments. know all about all that stuff, you know, Old Testament. And, and, And so for us to have an understanding that the law was given through Moses and the law would press us toward Jesus. You see, John is still telling the meta narrative. He's still telling the story of God. He's still trying to help the people to understand. And today, he's helping us understand it was all part of a plan. We couldn't keep the law. We can't keep the law. I can't keep the law. I'm the biggest sinner in the room. Hang out with me this week. You'll find out. 
be cutting people off in traffic and everything else. Tell them all how they should drive. The law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. We needed Jesus to come to do what we couldn't do. He kept the law. He kept the law, making him the perfect sacrifice to be the perfect lamb to take the cross, to die in our place for our sin, and all we have to do is believe in him. Verse 18 says, No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. I read to you this, John 8, verse 31. It says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. You know, one of the things that to truth does, you, you know one of the things that the truth does? Before I finish that, do you know what it is? You've heard this before. What's truth do? It sets you free sets you free. So if we believe in the light and he is the truth, then he sets us free. And it says, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Free from what? Free from sin. Free from a life of bondage, of being chained to things that control us. God's healing power wants to work in us. There's a magical thing that happens. If you've, if you've ever been a part, especially if you've ever been a part of a, of a group of people that maybe get together, or even just another person that you share, like really share what's really going on in your life. I'm talking about like you divulge it all. All the sin. You see, something, something magical happens when we bring, that scares, scares everybody to death right there, right, right then. I, was, you know, I can just see it in your face. It's like, Oh, man, I don't even want to think about that right now. But let me help us to understand something that's important. And it's why Scripture teaches us that we should confess our sin to one another. And this is why we, we promote that people get together in Bible study and, and take time together. Uh, we have microgroups and that kind of thing where you actually share what's really going on in our lives that we could confess our sin to one another because here's what happens when we do. When it is brought into the light... God does a work on it, and he begins to heal us from it. As long as we keep it in the closet, we've got it all locked away. We're like, I got it in the closet, and it's not hurting anybody, right? And just every once in a while, I just go in like, hey, what are you doing in there? Oh, I got a few minutes, okay, you know? And come back in, oh, it didn't hurt nobody. But that's a lie. Because sin causes destruction and it does hurt us. And the truth is, is it hurts people around us too. It changes who we are, which in turn changes who we are for others. It changes us as in those moments we are choosing darkness over light, which really makes no sense other than we think that that's going to be what makes us happy. But the truth is, is it never really makes us happy, maybe for a moment. Our happiness will be found in Christ. Our joy will be found in the Lord. And for us to recognize and see that God's healing power works through the light, for us to bring those things into light is the greatest thing that we can do. Now, I'm not saying you should go put it on social media today, although that's an option. 
see how it goes. Tag me. I'd like to follow along. But for real, we need people in our life. This is why we need community. It's why we can't do this alone. It's why, we, it's why, it's why you can't just watch church online. So we can't just watch it on TV and just think that that's enough. We need people in our lives that are digging in who we are. And the truth is, just even coming on Sunday mornings isn't enough. We know that. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus gives light to everyone, the light of truth, the true light to become children of God, to be adopted by him. And he comes full of grace and truth. That's what we need. We need grace and truth. And I'll read you this and we'll close with it. John 8, 12. It says, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus has come that you might see the way, not just for a cute Christmas story, okay, but that we might see the way, that we might have the light, that we might have the truth, and that's what makes him the light of truth. Let's pray together. God, you are so amazing, and what you have done through your son for us is absolutely staggering to us. This morning, we come to you humbly, just asking that you would be glorified in who we are. We ask that you would do a work in us. God, I I pray, I pray that for those that are believers, Lord, that you would use us for your glory, that people would know who you are because they know us, that we would be like John the Baptist, that our calling and our life would be that others would see the light and that they would believe. God, I pray for anyone who hasn't believed that today maybe you would change that in them. God, help them to see their need for you. God, do a work in their heart that only you can do. Save them today. Lord, show them their need for a Savior. Show them their sin. Lord, help them, help them not to, to mourn over it to a point that, Lord, they feel like they'll never be worthy. God, we're not worthy. We know that. But, Lord, what you have done for us makes a way for us to be a child of God. God, I pray that you would do a work in their hearts. Lord, thank you for the opportunity we have, Lord, to come to you, to worship you. Lord, be glorified in us. We ask this in your name. Amen.